You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Braitman. Today, I'm sitting down with John Farragon to talk about the impact of COVID-19 on HIV testing and diagnosis. Welcome again, John. Yeah, thanks, Mariana. Glad to be back with you. So, John, how is the COVID-19 pandemic connected to HIV and HIV testing, first and foremost? Yeah, so... um. I think we're. I think pretty much well, we all know that the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, at least definitely in the United States, I'm sure across the world too, had significant um, led to significant disruptions in HIV testing services and, and other services related to HIV care as well. Uh, but in addition, the access uh, to HIV clinical care and prevention services, I think, which is very very important throughout 2020, were certainly disrupted as well. Um, so so basically, this is the first kind of cut of the data. Uh, from the CDC for demographics and for surveillance data uh, that we've had the opportunity to look at and review uh, since since 2020. And as we might expect, there was a single year decline in HIV diagnoses. So that's a big thing because we think, well, well, geez, maybe we're doing a good job. But you know, the 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 point is is that you know there's the the CDC is really noting that this is mostly attributable to these declines in testing caused by you know less frequent visits to health centers. Um, reduced uh, activities with some of the outreach services around testing, and certainly shifting of public health staff from, from HIV to COVID-19 um, response activities. And I know in New York State, uh, as I'm sure you do, and even in the city, in New York City, where, where you are, uh, there was a, definitely a big shift in the public health focus from, from other things to COVID-19 and making sure that people were getting vaccinated and, and make sure, making sure we were dealing with it. Um, so it's very important for all of us who are doing HIV work to review this data with a very, very critical eye and, and certainly interpretate, interpreting the results with, with, with extreme caution. Uh, because of the pandemic, they really the ability to make these accurate estimations, uh, not only of, of the incidence of HIV, but prevalence and also knowledge of, of uh, HIV status is, is complex and very difficult. Um, so, however, I do think we still need to review the information so at least we can get some information from it, but with the caveat in the background that this data is all collected during the pandemic in, in 2020. So what did we learn from the data that the CDC collected? Yeah, so the most important thing is that the overall number of HIV uh, diagnoses in the United States in in 2020 was 17% lower than that which happened in 2019. It was down to 30,403 infections, which is a significant, it's about a 5,000 
um, number reduction in, in the numbers of new infections. There's many additional factors of why this occurred, but really it, most of it includes disruptions in clinical care services. I think patient hesitancy in accessing clinical services, especially in the very beginning of the pandemic, where we weren't really sure what HIV and that intersection with COVID-19 was going to look like. I think also, if many of you remember this, but there were shortages in some of the testing reagents and the materials. And even some of the, even still, we're still having problems sometimes with the um, with our vet, with our um, our laboratory vials that we use to kind of draw blood, so shifting of partner services as well and staff to these COVID nineteen activities. I think uh, um, all of these disrupted the services that were provided by the community uh, based organizations. So most importantly, I think these and the other factors that really were that really not completely evaluated really likely led to an underdiagnosis of HIV in the United States in twenty twenty. What about a lack or underreporting by state and local health departments? Yeah, so this is important too. Um, I think um, I think a lot of people would kind of think that perhaps maybe there was underreporting of laboratory test results. So that's actually not really true. Um, so the state and HIV uh, local HIV surveillance programs still were up and running. And this was not a major contributor to the declining diagnoses. Um, as all the jurisdictions continue to report their data uh, to, to CDC, and all that laboratory results that were received were, you know, were were definitely reported. That's obviously great news. Again, that's a, that's what the CDC is telling us. Um, and it's all the other factors that led to the lower rates of HIV infection. So, Mariana, just in, in addition to 2020. Um, HIV diagnoses uh, percentages and rates were highest among, among four groups and very similar to what we um, have seen in, in the past, right? So gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men was some of our highest, highest uh, among those four, among these four groups, gay, bisexual men, uh, persons uh, aged 25 to 34, Black or Af and African-American persons, and also persons residing in the South. So that's actually, on some level, when I say the word comforting, what I mean by that is it's it's similar to what we see in other trends over over recent years, right? So those those four groups tend to be the highest and have been over over the last few years when CDC has looked at this surveillance data. But nearly half, forty seven percent of the diagnosis among persons who inject drugs were among white persons and occurred mostly uh, in and forty four percent occurred in the South. From the perspective of racial and ethnic disparities, I think both um, the absolute and relative disparities in HIV diagnosis were largest as they have been in the past um, between Black, African-American, and white persons aged 13 to 24. John, what can you tell us about linkage to care and also the care cascade for 2020? Yeah, so this is important too. So um, linkage is obviously a big part of what we try to do, right? Getting people linked up to care as soon as possible. 82% um, of those who were diagnosed in 2020 were linked to care within one month of diagnosis. That's actually pretty impressive, right? because it, it, it suggests that you potentially, maybe even our rapid start programs were able to kind of shift in how they did things and get people you know, treatment as soon as possible uh, and get their labs, um, labs subsequently after, after they initially start. Hopefully that's that, that was the case. But among all persons with, with diagnosed HIV uh, in these areas, 65% had viral suppression. Um, and I'm gonna speak to some, uh, some graphics. And if you go to the CDC website, you can look at some of these surveillance, uh, surveillance data. But a couple of things that are important, I think um, more than 80% of people overall uh, were linked within one month. So as I said before, 80, 82%. Um, those numbers were pretty consistent across different demographics. So if you were um, African-American, um, if you were Asian, American Indian, or Native, Native uh, um, Alaska Native, um, Hispanic, or Latino, uh, Latina, uh, 
Native Hawaiian and other Pacific Islander, white uh, or multiracial. Those numbers are almost identical. They're all between like like seven, like right around eighty to eighty-two percent around and through there. So it really is is interesting that 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 linkage to care was actually I think I think successful still uh, in in patients. Um, as as it relates to the 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 care cascade, uh, if we look at um, for every hundred people who who overall were diagnosed with HIV, seventy-four percent received some care. 51% were retained in care and 65% were virologically suppressed. So when we look at those numbers, viral suppression rates of 65%, sometimes we say, geez, you know, is that really good? But it's really based on people who've had at least two viral loads um, uh, at least three months apart in, in the last year. So there's some limitations of some of the data, but nonetheless, I think, um, think things, things did, did, uh, did pretty well. Um, uh, by, uh, by gender, age of diagnosis, race, ethnicity, and also transmission category, very, very similar, uh, similar numbers for, uh, for people who were, um, who were suppressed and <clears throat> who were re re retained in care, uh, looks, looks, looks very, very consistent with what we, what we've seen in the past, although with lower numbers. So the point here is that um, lower numbers of new infections, but similar trends that we've seen in the past for patients with uh, new new uh, new diagnosis of, of, of HIV infection. And I think that's key to know that, you know, even though the numbers are down based on some lack of, you know, some reduced testing, kind of the demographic and the background pieces that have, have occurred in recent years and what we've always kind of looked at as far as our targets and trying to trying to trying to make sure that we're we're getting to the right people uh, to prevent HIV. Um, I think those uh, those are very similar uh, this year or twenty in twenty twenty compared to what we what we've seen in, in the past. What kind of data did we get about prep for twenty twenty? Yeah, so this is another big part of what we're uh, what we're doing as far as the EHE plan, right, and trying to make sure we give people access to prevention services. But data on prep coverage really showed that in twenty twenty, um, uh, roughly three hundred thousand of the or twenty five percent of the people eligible for PrEP were prescribed it. Uh, Black African-American persons and males who inject drugs had the lowest percentages and the largest absolute disparity uh, and were the furthest from the EHE target goals of 95% in linkage to care. Um, uh, males, uh, men who inject drugs, et cetera, viral suppression rates, all these were, were a lot lower in, in some of these different, uh, different populations. But I think the point here is that if you look at the, the PrEP use overall, it's only about 25%. And so clearly of all the people that are, that are identified as being at risk, we're only getting to 25%. Now, the worst part about that in 2020, very similar to what we've seen in the past, is that if you look at uh, people who are, uh, who are white patients, is about 65% of those patients. But if you look at Black and, and, black and African-American patients, it's, it's less than 10% of people actually got, got PrEP that needed it. So again, these whole disparities in care about you know uh, patients who are uh, tend to be um, higher rates of PrEP use in, in white patients versus those who were Black or African-American, even, even Hispanic or Latino, uh, Latina patients uh, are getting less access to PrEP is, is the point. So again, like I said before, numbers are down for testing and for identifying HIV, but the, the trends are very similar to what we've seen in the past. So I guess that's in some level, you know, helps us to say that some of this data is actually pretty accurate, I think is the point to make it, but the numbers are, are lower, I think is, is, the, is the key piece. So really, despite the, the numbers going down for new infections, it's all with a grain of salt, um, so to speak. And since we know that the pandemic 
definitely has had an effect on care and testing. So today, Marianne, what we covered, I guess, is a, you know, a little bit of a kind of a mishmash of different things, but the surveillance data for 2020 is very interesting, really to show a reduction in new infections, but again, totally related to the, um, to the change in care services that were going on centered around HIV in, in 2020. John, thanks so much for joining us and telling us all about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected HIV testing, diagnosis, and linkage to care. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about NICA AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nicaaetc.org. That's www.necaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaatc.org. Stay safe, and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.